Plum Creek, and we are a place where you matter. Our mission here is centered around change lives, changing lives. We believe this happens through three relationships, intimacy with God, intentionality with family, and influence with others. God has something He wants to say specifically to you wherever you are. Our hope is that you will leave encouraged and closer to Him than ever before. We'd love to connect with you online at PlumCreekOnline.com or on social media where you can see how Plum Creek is impacting our community and what opportunities we have for you and your family to get connected. If you'd like to support the ministry we're doing here in Castle Rock, the two easiest ways are through the Give tab on our website or via your mobile device by texting your dollar amount to the number on the screen. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you'll enjoy this message. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, listen, we knew that snow was coming, didn't we? If you've been around here for a little while, that winter was just way too mild. We had to get hammered one more time. So hopefully that's done. So everybody, put your uh, shovels away, okay? Let's just put them away, and hopefully in faith we won't have any more of that crazy snow. Uh, thank you for being here today. We are in the second week of a series that we uh, started last week, obviously, called Necessary Sins. And uh, you might be thinking to yourself, if you weren't here last week, okay, what's this all about, right? What is this necessary sins? How could that be? Well, here's the premise of this, of this uh, series. There are certain things that uh, we would have really no debate over, uh, just saying, you know what, that's just wrong. That's not okay. Um, we know that that is not the way that God is calling us to live, and we're just not going to let that be part of our life. Then there's these other little things that have kind of in their little sneaky way work their way into our life, we've kind of, I would say, let our guard down and even excused and dismissed. And even in some ways, they've become acceptable. Or even we might feel like it's just a necessary part of the way that we live. And so last week, we talked about lying. And I got a lot of great feedback from, from you guys just saying, boy, that was a great challenge for me. And I've been thinking about that differently this week, working really hard to catch myself before I twist the truth just a little bit to make things kind of sound a little bit different perhaps than, than they really are. And so um, this week is going to be more of the same. We're going to walk away challenged today. Uh, like I said last week, I'm a week ahead of you. So I've been living this last week and I needed this challenge and I believe you will too. But kind of the bedrock of the series is praying a prayer that we find in Psalm chapter 139 as we look at these uh, different uh, topics, and uh, we're going to pray this prayer together. If you feel comfortable uh, doing so, would you pray this with me? Uh, you can keep your eyes open, and uh, King David's words will be on the screen. Let's pray them together. Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Pour out anything in me that offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Father, let that be true today. Um, point out some things in our lives that, um, that are offensive, that we need to focus on, that, Lord, we need to change. Help us, Lord. Test us. And know that this makes us anxious, but then lead us. Lead us together along the path of everlasting life. Amen. I need to forewarn you, uh, as we're heading into this one today, uh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one, and it's something that has, I know, crept its way into many of our lives. So let's just set the record straight. Could you do me a favor? 
uh, whether you know the person next to you or not, would you just turn and face them for just a second and say this, this one's for you. Can you do that? <clears throat> perfect, perfect. So this is an important one, likely one that you've compromised on. I know this week I've been reminded of how I've done that. So are you ready for our topic? Our topic this week is this, gossip. Gossip. Anybody want to leave yet? Uh, it's been a little quiet around here this week, so we're going to dig into this. And I know some of you are thinking, come on, Doug, that's not really a big deal. It seems like it's just so part of life. It's what we do. We talk about each other. It's almost like you can't have a conversation without talking about somebody else. Uh, and some of you are like, all right, well, let's define some terms before we get started. What exactly are you talking about when we address the topic of gossip? Gossip is defined as a casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people, typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. Several years ago, when uh, Pastor Rick Warren was teaching on this, he described gossip this way. When we're talking about a situation with somebody who is neither part of the problem or part of the solution, then we're probably gossiping. So let me ask you this question. Have you ever been gossiped about? Raise your hand if you've been gossiped about. Feel, felt great, didn't it? Did you like love it? You were like, hey, you know what? Thanks for talking junk about me. That was awesome. I really appreciate the way you uh, just uh, shredded me in that conversation. It feels, listen, here's the deal. We all know that when people talk junk about each other and when they talk junk about you, it just doesn't feel good. So why in the world then would we ever do this? If we know how it feels personally, why would we ever subject anyone to feeling that way as well? It just doesn't make sense. But I'm going to try and unpack that with you. First, I want to tell you a story. 25 plus years ago, I was on staff at a different church in a completely different state. I was a youth pastor and, and I was going to seminary, taking some classes. And uh, one of the classes I took was a class called the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. It was a cool class. And our professor got to this story. If you haven't read this story, write down this passage, Numbers chapter 12. I would encourage you to go back and read it. Many of you know the history of the nation of Israel, but they were in, at this time uh, during when he was teaching through this class, the, the story we were looking at, the nation of Israel was being led by a leader. His name is Moses. Many of you have probably heard of Moses before. God chose him, handpicked him, and um, he was God's leader for the nation of Israel to lead them out of captivity and back into freedom. And there were these two other characters in the story that were also part of the leadership team. One, uh, his name was Aaron, and the other was a gal named Miriam. And Miriam and Aaron talked some junk about Moses. And I wish this happened every time uh, to you, not to me. God showed up when Miriam was talking junk about Moses. Can you imagine? Like, God showed up, and he was ticked because Moses was his chosen leader, and Miriam had to pay a price because of this, her consequence was that she got leprosy. Do you think that might curb gossip a little bit, right? Like, my nose just fell off. I'm sorry I was gossiping, right? Uh, she was banned outside of the camp for the days that she had leprosy. And so this professor of mine began to just share the importance of being respectful of those that God had placed in leadership. And it was more than a lecture. He kind of, you know, you've probably heard it from me. The voice goes up. He got passionate. And he was more preaching than teaching, if you know what I mean. He was coaching us up in this class, helping us to understand the importance of just being respectful of those that God had put in leadership. Later that very same week, that professor went to the church that I was working at. And I was 
we had finished up the services, and I was walking down the hall, preparing about 10 steps away or so to turn around a corner, and I heard my name. Have you ever been there? And it wasn't good. I heard my name being talked about, and it was, I mean, they were shredding me. And I came around the corner, and there was my professor with another one of our staff members ripping me to shreds. And I walked right up to him, and I said, Dr. So-and-so, because if I used his name, that would be gossiping. We're talking about gossiping. I'm not going to do it. Actually, I've decided if you do it in a sermon, it's okay. <laughs> <clears throat> but I said, wow, you know, it just surprises me that after this passionate conversation we had in class about respecting leadership and, you know, treating people the way that God would want us to, that you would be having this incredibly unhelpful conversation <laughs> right now. Man, I, I wish that you wouldn't do that. And... Uh, you kind of know how to get a hold of me. My office is right here. If we want to talk in a way that would be helpful, just give me a call. And I kept walking to my office. And uh, they both came back and apologized later for the conversation that they were having. Have you ever been there where you got busted, like cold busted, saying something about somebody that you shouldn't? None of us like to be gossiped about. But in our culture, gossip just seems to be a necessary part of getting through your common day because it's what we do. It almost seems like this is how your conversations start, doesn't it? Oh, gosh. I don't know if you've heard about this. I probably shouldn't be telling you. You are not going to believe what I heard. But you've got to promise not to tell anybody where you heard this. Right? Have you been there? You've probably heard that or said that a few times in your life. So remember, when we're talking about a situation with somebody who's neither part of the problem or part of the solution, then we're probably gossiping. More importantly, what does God say about this? You ready? What does God say about it? You're not going to believe what he says about this. It's very powerful. Write down Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 16. I'm going to need your help here. Uh, there are six things that the Lord, and what's the word? Hates. Now, that's not good enough. Because when we talk about a word like that, and we're thinking about truth, that God literally hates something, it's got to come from a little deeper. There are six things the Lord hates. Oh, thank you, Doug. Thank you. Appreciate that. Six things that the Lord hates. Do you think you should pay attention to this? Oh, but it gets better. Look at the next part of this verse. Seven that are, what's that word? Detestable. Okay, look, hate doesn't even cover it. This is like next level disdain. There are things that God hates and are detestable. I want you to go back and look at the list because it's important. I think we should know them. But look at verse 19. Six things the Lord hates and seven that are detestable. A false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Hmm. You see, God can't stand this. He hates it. It's detestable. And if we're to translate it properly, we would say he hates and he detests gossip. Gossip. So here's our challenge this week. I want you to write this down. Our main thought is this. When we leave today, when we head into this week, we're going to do it different, and we're going to only speak what's helpful. Only speak what's helpful. That sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? Okay, but listen, get ready. It's a lot harder than you think. You will be challenged this week, the minute you're heading into something you shouldn't say, to remember, 
only speak what's helpful. So I was thinking about this this week in preparation for uh, our time together this weekend. Why in the world do you think gossip would end up on the list of the six or seven things that God hates and says are detestable? Because I, I could think of a whole lot of others that might make that list before gossip, right? Couldn't you? So I was thinking about that. And as I shared with you before, when you step into a public kind of leadership type thing, you expose yourself to a lot of gossip. I've probably been gossiped about more than most people. It's just the way it rolls. And the first few times that that happened, we talked about telling the truth. Man, it hurt deep, deep when people would say untruthful and hurtful things about me. But you know what you do? You kind of learn to get used to it. It kind of goes with the territory, unfortunately. But I got to tell you, something, and I can, that's okay. I get, I get it. I get it. Put yourself out there a little bit. People are going to talk about you. But now listen to me. I'm going to explain to you why I think God hates this. Look at me. You talk about my mom. She's right there. We're going to throw down. Okay? I'm coming after you if you talk about my mom. You got a mom too. You know what I'm talking about here. You talk about my wife. I'm going to punch you in the throat. You talk about my kids, especially Megan, all three of us, all four of us, all four Miller boys are going to come after you. We're all going to punch you in the throat. Why? 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 Because we love each other. I love my mom, and I feel part of my responsibility is to protect her, right? Part of my responsibility to protect Beth and my kids. That's how we roll. That's how you roll. Think about this for a second. When you're talking junk about somebody, whose kid is it? Have you ever thought about that? And maybe, could it be just maybe, that that's why he hates it so much? Maybe that's why he detests it. Because we're talking about his kids. We're going to only speak what's helpful. But here's the twisted truth. You see... God wants us to be able to hold each other's stuff in confidence, to be able to have unity with each other, to be able to support one another and love each other the way he's called us to, to not talk badly about each other. But there's something sickening, attractive, and even enjoyable about being in the know. There's something about that. As a matter of fact, the proverb writer says this, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. That's a weird way to describe it, isn't it? Why? Because we just like to know. And it just pulls you in, doesn't it? That's the way gossip works, and the enemy knows that. And so he's going to do everything he can to do something as destructive as we know it can be to pull all of us into this habitual kind of just common, dismiss it away uh, attitude towards gossip. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. Look at this. They go down to the innermost parts. There's something about it that pulls us in. But I think the truth of this, and you know it if you've been gossiped about, is that it also goes deep down in too, doesn't it, in terms of the pain that it can cause. We know that this is a powerful thing. It hurts deep. It causes wounds. Listen, we all have thoughts, some of us every single day, about things that others have said about us. 
It stems from those hurtful conversations that others have had about you and about me. So why in the world would we participate in gossip? Why would we do that? Let's just be honest for a second. What drives us to gossip? We like to be in the know. It feels good to be the authority on someone else's garbage, doesn't it? We just like, because all of a sudden everybody kind of listens. It's like you have authority in a conversation because you have the scoop. Maybe you feel like you have power. Or maybe it makes you feel better about yourself to focus on other people's problems instead of yours. We all, maybe for a minute, it just helps you dismiss yourself from the pain and the challenge that you carry when we talk about the pain and the challenge someone else is carrying. We all like to know the, the scoop, but the bottom line is this. I can't find a single good reason for gossip. Not one. In reality, I also believe that when we step into those kinds of conversations, they're actually just a reflection of our own woundedness, our own pain, and our own hurt. I actually think that's biblical because you know what the Bible says? Out of the overflow of our hearts, our mouth speaks. So what does gossiping say about the overflow of your heart and my heart? We might need to do some heart work today because we all head here too easily. So we're going to only speak what's helpful as we head out of here. So how are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? How can we retrain ourselves to not so easily head into these destructive conversations? That's where we need to land today. So how are we going to do it? My dad used to always say this. Think before you Think before you speak. How can we do that in this regard? Think before you speak. So what I want you to do before you speak or have a conversation like this, or even when you catch yourself in mid-sentence, you're going to begin to think before you say anything else. And the first thing you're going to do is ask yourself these three questions. Number one, is my conversation helpful or hurtful? Is my conversation helpful or hurtful? Hurtful. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says it this way Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. Is it helpful or is it hurtful? It sounds a lot like mom used to say. If you don't have anything nice to say, biblical, it's biblical. Not just great advice, it's biblical. Only say what's helpful. Is this building up or tearing down? Is my conversation, be honest with yourself, is it helpful or hurtful? You see, we like to disguise gossip buried in all kinds of ways. Uh, you know, oh gosh, you know Susie? Susie's really great. She's great. Um, but have you heard that you let the little, what you've heard out? And you're like, but, but she has a great personality. <laughs> and we think somehow if we kind of like sandwich it into some compliments that it makes it okay or even worse maybe you've been part of one of these kind of prayer meetings that aren't really a prayer meeting and disguised as a prayer request really what we do is gossip ever been in one of those and they usually take so long to share the prayer request that you don't have time left over to pray isn't that cra- that that's how we can turn this stuff so quickly and begin to justify it's okay, right? It's okay if what we're saying is true. It's okay if it's true. We talked about that last week. 
Everything, listen to me, everything that is said must be true, but not everything true must be said. Tweet that. That's a good one. And if you missed it, let me say it again. Everything that is said must be true, but not everything true must be said. That's good. So before you speak, you're going to ask yourself these three questions. Is my conversation helpful or is it hurtful? And listen, some of you, listen, when you're in leadership in any way, shape, or form, we have leaders in our community that attend our church. Listen, they get this. Target, target on their back. Are we being helpful or hurtful? Number two, am I making private matters public? Am I making private matters public? Proverbs chapter 11, verse 12 and 13. It is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. A gossip goes around telling secrets. But those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. I heard a story uh, this week, and it's, it's not from Plum Creek. Uh, it's from another church. The pastor was sharing a story, and he uh, described the story this way. There was a couple that attended his church, and uh, they got into a very challenging marital situation. The husband had been unfaithful to his wife and broken trust, and their marriage was on the brink of survival. And through God's amazing help and some good counseling, uh, they were able to kind of patch some things together and head towards forgiveness and restoration. And one of the things that, uh, that they did was after they had kind of gotten past the, the heat of the intensity of that, they shared some of the um, information of what had happened, not all the details, but some of it with their small group at church. And they were able to find some healing from that because they were authentic. And we encourage that at Plum Creek. Like, it's important to be authentic and share the truth, but it's also why a message like this is so important because what happened was um, a couple of weeks later, one of the small group members shared the story with a friend of hers, and she posted it on Facebook. And listen, it was the second betrayal that ended the marriage, not the first one. Because the lady felt like she could no longer come to church because she was so disgraced by what had been communicated. And so there's a couple things that I would say. This is important, guys. And we live in this crazy world where behind a computer screen, it has become way too easy to have some kind of anonymity to share things that should never have been shared or to forward things that should never be forwarded. As a matter of fact, in our culture today, we would even call that cyber bullying, right? Unaccept, completely unacceptable. And so my challenge to you is this. There are people that trust you, and thank God they do. And when they share something with you, they share in confidence. So step up and lead yourself well. Whether it's in the context of a small group or a relationship, listen, people need help. And they come and authentically share what's going on when they need help. And we need to shut our mouths and only say what's helpful and learn that in that situation, what we're to do is to be a support and to pray and to shut up. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 9 says it this way. When arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip and you will never regain your good reputation. Don't be that person. Don't be that person that is not trustworthy. We've all been there before. We've all said things that we shouldn't, and we need to get better at this. 
Before you speak, we need to ask ourselves these three questions. Is my conversation helpful or hurtful? Am I making private matters public? And now, ready? Look at me. We're going next level here. You ready? This is how we curb the gossip problem quickly. The third question that you ask is, am I permitting others to gossip? Am I permitting others to gossip? Proverbs 17.4 says this, wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. You see, it's not just wrong to speak the gossip. I want to take it to the next level and challenge you with this thought. It's wrong to listen to it. And it's easy to justify this thinking, you know, I'm not the one that said it, but you are actually contributing to the problem because what you permit, you promote. What you permit, you promote. So we need to get to the point where we would say, not only will I not do it, but I'm not going to hang around those that do. So how do we handle that then? How do we handle it? Man, there's like all different kinds of ways that you could handle a situation where someone's beginning to talk in a negative way about someone else. There's a subtle way to say, you know what? I'm not feeling very comfortable with this conversation. That would be enough to shut it down right there. I'm not feeling very comfortable with this conversation. Or let's just say that maybe we're going to head into a little bit more of a caring way to communicate that. Maybe someone's talking about Bill, and you would say, you know what? If, uh, if Bill knew that we were having this conversation about him, I think he would be hurt. Simple. That's probably going to shut it down right there. If that doesn't, then do what I do. Go biblical. Here's what you got to do. We got to do this more. Go biblical. So you could say, whoa, whoa. Have you ever read Matthew 18? (laughs) Just write that down. Matthew 18. If you haven't read it, you need to. Have you ever read Matthew 18? Because in Matthew chapter 18, it says this. If you got a problem with somebody, you need to go and talk to them. So let's just say that you're talking about Bill. And I hear you talking about Bill. You're talking to me about Bill. And I say, oh, whoa, wait, wait. Have you ever read Matthew chapter 18? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, listen, Matthew 18 says, you ready? This is how you do it. It's it's awesome. You say, Matthew 18 says, if you got a problem with Bill, you go talk to Bill. So I'm going to tell Bill you want to talk to him. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's done right there. I encourage our staff to do that. I encourage our leaders to do that. Like if somebody wants to talk junk about somebody, then you just stop it and you say, listen, that's not the way we play. It's not okay. And obviously you have a problem with Bill. Matthew chapter 18 says you got a problem with Bill, you go talk to Bill. So I'm going to let Bill know that you're going to call him in the next 24 hours. (laughs) Do you think people then want to talk to you about it anymore? Do this. Nope. And you know what we do? Shut down gossip right there. If we all would make a commitment to do that, it would change us. Now, here's why. Here's really why you need to do this. First of all, because God will be honored if we stop gossiping. But let's just make it just for a minute real for you. Here's why you need to stop that conversation. I'm actually helping you protect yourself. And here's how I'm helping you protect yourself. Because if they'll gossip to you, they will also gossip about you. So stop it. So you just say, look, I get it. You got a problem with Bill. Matthew chapter 18 says you got a problem with Bill. Go talk to Bill. I'm going to tell Bill that you're going to talk to him. And they're going to be like, I'm not talking to you anymore. It's going to stop it and shut it down quickly. Your words matter. So let's hear what Jesus said. Direct from the mouth of Jesus in Matthew chapter 12, he said this. 
But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Can I tell you what I see here? Let's put the verse back out. Here's what I see. But I tell you that, what's the word? Hey, that's you and me. We're part of everyone. That should have our attention. And then Jesus is teaching and he says, we'll have to give an account on the day of judgment for, and what's that word? Say every. Say everyone. Say everyone. Every. Ah. We're going to be held accountable for every word, for every word. My words have the power of life or my words have the power of death. And this week, guys, we're going to do it different. We're going to do it different by only speaking what's helpful. So I want you to get caught. I want you to get caught this week. I want you to get caught this week speaking well of others, not ripping somebody to shreds, not sharing the juicy gossip. I want you to get caught being for people, not against them. I want you to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. I think if we together, all of us, from all of our services this weekend, would make a commitment to doing this, listen, I believe that it would change our valley. I believe that. It would change our community. So I want you to be part of the solution, not the problem. And listen, we serve a God of good news, so maybe we ought to just stick to the good news. Can you bow your head for a second? When I um, knew that we were heading into this message this weekend, I realized that it was highly likely that there would be some people that would be amen in me today because deep in your heart, you've been horribly wounded by the hurtful things that other people have said. And listen, you know, you know it hurts. And I'm sorry today that you've had to face what you've had to face and listen, in some ways, not exactly similar to your situation, I understand. I understand how it, how it feels. Because I've had it happen to me too. And it hurts deep sometimes. And so if you're here today, listen, this is just a private moment. Heads are bowed. If you just say, Doug, man... I needed you to speak this message today because I needed to have some hope because I've been hurt so bad. And you see what happens when we've been hurt like that? It makes it really, really tough for us to trust. It makes it really tough for us to be an authentic relationship. And if that's you today and you'd say, Doug, I needed to hear it and I've been hurt, will you pray for me that I could just forgive? Would you raise your hand today? Nobody, yep, I see them. Lots of hands, guys. Anybody else? You can put them down. Thanks. And listen, um, I know this isn't an easy message, and I've been, I've been thinking about this one all week and catching myself, quite frankly, saying things that I shouldn't say. And it's probably likely that some of you are going to experience that this week too. At least that's my prayer. But I think it'd be great if we could head into this week really thinking about only speaking what's helpful, it would be awesome. 
So if you'd say, you know what, Doug, I needed to hear this because I know I'm tempted, just, just like most, to share some things I shouldn't, to say some things that are hurtful instead of helpful. Would you raise your hand today too and say, Doug, will you pray for me? Yeah, a lot of hands, thanks. My hand is up too, guys. Let's just pray. Father, we come before you uh, today, first of all, to pray for those that have been hurt. I know how that feels, and uh, it's not fun. It can be debilitating relationally. We can be so hesitant and gun-shy, Lord, to be authentic. And that's not the way you want it to be. And so, Father, I pray today for those that raise their hand that have been hurt, that you will help them forgive. Lord, that's hard to do on our own. We're going to have to follow your example because you're incredible at forgiving. And we're going to have to lean on your strength and your power to do that because it's awful hard to muster up that kind of courage on our own. But, but today we realize that if we don't forgive, it's like a cancer that eats us from the inside out. And so for our own health, Lord, will you help us to forgive? Lord, help us too because we need to be reminded today that forgiveness and trust are not are not the same. That we give forgiveness, but trust needs to be earned. So you put us in circumstances and situations, relationships where we can learn to trust again. And Father, then the responsibility comes back on all of us, every one of us in this room, to be trustworthy. And uh, that's not easy. So you saw the hands, and Lord, many too, that probably should have had their hands up. Will you help us this week to only say what's helpful and not hurtful? Will you help us to catch ourselves when we're heading into conversation that's inappropriate? When we're tempted, the enemy's sneaky. And it's become so common that, Lord, it's, it's not even a habit. It's just a way of life. And it needs to stop. As we sang at the beginning of our service today, Man, we're a child of God. And with that comes a responsibility. Lord, will you please help us to do this different? In your son's precious name we pray. Amen.